This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. Week 10 is in the books for the NFL, and it means we have got to patch some of the holes on your fantasy football rosters. Uh, checking out the waiver wire, which we're going to get to here in our Fantasy 5 in this podcast. But Brandon, you know, seeing the lay of the land and digesting all the information from Week 10, what is the one biggest takeaway in your estimation from all the action over this past weekend? Uh, well, that football in my neck of the woods is going to be tough to watch for a little while. <laughs> Steve Largent, is he still young? Oh, God, I wish I'd take it right now. Actually, I think the receivers are fine. Right now we have a problem with my man Russell Wilson. Uh, no Seattle. No Seattle. Um, yeah, that, uh, that, that finger is not looking healthy. At least <laughs> the throws that it's producing right now do not look healthy, and I think there's still some healing to be done. I think Seattle needs a running game to help out. They don't really have like a, a serious one. Yeah. And, you know, Russell has gone his whole career without getting shut out until Sunday. So look, at, I think it's in the immediate concern for people like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and everybody that surrounds him. And I think Russell Wilson, somebody at this point, you're going to have to think about, OK, who's my who's my potential streaming streamable option? Is it Cam Newton? Is it? You know, is it somebody else of that ilk? Even a Mac Jones, I brought up on our Sirius XM. Justin Fields still available widely in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Yeah, I think that we're at that point right now um, because I think this could be multiple weeks before we see the real Russell. I think that's a great takeaway. Uh, Obviously, with the Aaron Jones news, out one to two games, uh, thankfully just with the sprain MCL, uh, A.J. Dillon ascends automatically to must-start material in my mind. No like, doubt. I mean, oh. I, I mean, minimum, you know, you and I were talking about on the SiriusXM show, by the way, listen to it on the Fantasy Channel, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. It is called Fade the Noise every Monday through Friday. It's just senior fun buns, myself, Sandra, and producer Drew. Uh, you know, you were kind of on the fence. You know, you said, yeah, probably top 10. I think he's top five, man. I mean, he's a pace setter in points in week 10. Uh, Got to get a lot of balls of belly, a lot of light fronts. Uh, it's a luxury of playing alongside Aaron Rodgers. He's a battering ram. We know that. RB7 in yards of the contact per attempt. And now he is going to be the workhorse. And he's a Clydesdale, man. It's like the holiday ads. Budweiser, the old one, pull the beer cart, you know, and they're playing the, the sleigh bell music in the background and you get just a happy old shit-eating grin on your face when you're watching it. You're just like, ah, oh, beer. Christmas. This is great. That's what I think of when I think of A.J. Dillon right now. And he is going to trample the competition starting with Minnesota this week, where I'm going to rank him as top five. No question in my mind. Well, and my only hesitation is I hadn't even looked at the layout of the landscape for this coming week in terms of the running oh, back. Oh, I haven't right. either. I'm just firing that sucker off straight for the hip, and I'm going to stick to but it. I just started writing down names and just looking at teams, and I'm like, man, I really might actually be right up there. Maybe – Probably top seven at worst. So I'm, I'm, I may be in the same neighborhood with you on him. Now so I got the I, uh, Budweiser song. I completely agree. I yeah. got that song from the commercial. I'm at do, 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 And the trumpets in the background. Oh, here comes the spirit of the great number one. Budweiser beer. Yeah, beer me. Beer me right now, A.J. Dillon, which is fitting up there in northern Wisconsin. And then the other takeaway, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Daryl Williams is damn good. 
And I know the advanced analytics painted a very different picture of his production on the ground, but nine catches over 100 yards, had a pretty sick receiving touch that was contested in the end zone against Vegas. CEH likely going to be back this week. If you had to handicap the distribution of touches on a week-in, week-out basis in KC rest of the season, how would it shape up in your mind? Probably 50-50, but the uh, quality of the touches probably favors Daryl Williams, who they were even favoring in the passing game over over Allaire when Allaire was healthy. And we know that Allaire has problems at the goal line. And so probably Daryl Williams gets goal line carries as well. So even if it is a 50-50 split, I'd rather have the touches that Daryl Williams is likely to be getting. Yeah, and just looking at the schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs here the rest of the season, you get Dallas upcoming here in Week 11 in the bye. Then you get Denver and Vegas at home, yes and yes. At the L.A. Chargers, hell yes. Pittsburgh, if it's the version that went up against Detroit, let them run all over the place, sure, that game's also at Arrowhead. And then at Cincinnati, who's just unraveled defensively. Look, Daryl Williams may get 11 to 13 touches per game. A lot of that work coming in the pass game. He may be here to stay even as an RB2 with CEH back rest of season in PPR formats. So, yeah, don't downgrade him harshly. And CEH, again, one of the most overrated players uh, that some people just continue to stick to their guns with in fantasy football. With that, let's get to another edition of the Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, Funston, uh, we go player by player with some of our more intriguing options you could pluck off the waiver wire. Uh, This player barely rostered right now in Yahoo Leagues, uh, 2% as a matter of fact, right at tape time. Why? Because he plays for the Saints, and nobody's catching any balls consistently there. Adam Troutman is the name, and if you are somebody like uh, who has Noah Fan on your roster, Tyler Higby, those guys are on a one-week siesta upcoming. You need a one-week stopgap. Or maybe you're just frustrated with the rubbish that you've been trotting in and out of your lineup at tight end. Troutman is quietly ascending. And I say that because you look at the routes run here over the last uh, several games, and they've been steadily increasing here three games in a row. Uh, he ran 26 routes last week. And you look at the matchup upcoming, it's Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has an allergy to containing tight ends. Uh, They've allowed the most fantasy points of position, 7.5 receptions per game, 73.3 yards per game, and eight touchdowns just to tight ends. Six tight ends have scored at least 11 fantasy points in a half-point PPR format. And it looks like Trevor Simeon, I think, is here to stay for now. As the starter, and they, they just don't have a whole lot of weapons, so I think Trotman's role is only going to ramp up. Uh, your thoughts on the second-year tight end of the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, well, my thoughts are that he's late to the party because we thought this would be a breakout year for him, but Jameis Winston was allergic to him, targeting him yep. just 13 times through the first five games that Troutman played this season. You look at with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, he's been in three games targeted 18 times already. So we say follow, follow the volume. Trevor Simeon there, the volume's been going to Adam Troutman, a minimum of six targets in each of the games with Simeon at quarterback. So like the volume, like the matchup, get where you're coming from with Adam Troutman. Fly the flirt of Lee. Throw a buck or two on him off waivers, and he could be a difference maker down the stretch. Number four. All right, moving on, Brandon. Uh, let's work in a little Jacksonville Jaguar action. Are you willing to grind 
on Jamal Agnew for any entertainment purposes. Uh, any interest in him at all? He scored a touchdown two of the last three games. Uh, not in the way that you're alluding to. No, I'm not interested <laughs> in grinding on him. But I, I'm not sure that Urban Meyer wouldn't be interested in grinding on him, though, hey, because he whatever sure it takes like to win. the guy. He does, he does like grinding, and he does like Agnew. So you put yeah. those hands together, yeah. and you might get what you asked for there. But, man, we can't argue. I mean, he's kind of been like – Cordero Patterson light for Jacksonville, right? Like he's he's doing you know he's doing some work in the receiving game. And then we saw him get three carries, seventy nine yards. Uh, he's a multi purpose kind of little joker of a player, but um, in deeper leagues, he's they're giving him opportunities week in and week out right now. And like I would rather have Jamal Agnew than Lavisca Chenault. So um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, look, Lavisca <laughs> Chenault is like uh, he's dead to me. Officially, yeah, like yeah. there's just there's nothing that moves the meter for him. It's just so wildly unpredictable what he's going to do on a on a weekly basis. It really it kind of applies to Agnew. I mean, he's he's got five plus targets though in four straight games. They're getting him involved in jet sweeps. Um, you know, he he scored against Indianapolis on a running play, quote unquote, yeah. three carries, seventy nine yards, and a long touchdown. You know, if you're looking for a bench. Depth add, sure. In a 12-team or deeper league, I'd throw a couple of bucks on him, but I wouldn't go crazy. No, no, don't go crazy. But in, you know, bi-week flyer, you know, you're looking for some upside. The guy that, you know, you know they're going to give him a couple opportunities each game to do some kind of a big play. And every once in a while it hits. Yeah, I think I need to start wagering on rush yards weekly on an add yeah. player prop. Yeah, if you get it at like nine and a half. You know, or something like that, because he's had two 11s, an 8, and a 79. You might still get it in the single digits or low double digits, and that could get enticing. Oh, yeah, that is uh, sexy for sure, and he could be flexy sexy down the stretch. Number three. All right, let's work at a running back uh, that is rather meaningful. It's Deonta Foreman of the Tennessee Titans. And, Brandon, you and I just finished up the Monday episode of Fade the Noise. I wanted to bring him up on the radio show. So, you know, I forgot to do it, so we're going to do it here. Uh, I was really impressed by him. And Adrian Peterson looks every bit the crusty, rusty, ancient, petrified wood of a 36-year-old running back through two games. Uh, And the numbers bear that out. You look at what Peterson has done, 2.11 yards after contact per attempt, and he's forced one missed tackle on 18 attempts. Uh, Foreman's role grew last week. He had the 13 total touches. I had 48 receiving yards and a couple of catches, 30 yards on the ground, and far more impressive on a yards after contact per attempt basis, 2.94 over the last couple of games. And he's 11 years younger than Peterson. So he's interesting to me. And guess what we got coming up here in Week 11? Revenge game against the Houston Texans. Uh, So if you need a running back, if you're looking for a flex uh, a flex option, are you willing to throw a few bucks at Foreman? Because I most definitely am. Yeah, a few bucks would be fine. Um, and it would definitely not be towards Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols. Uh, I think the question is, is you know, because so much of his value was on those two catches for 48 yards. It, Ryan Tannehill only threw four passes to the, that, that triumvirate. Um and two to two to Foreman and one to each uh, McNichols and Peterson. So, is there going to be a role in the passing game going forward? Because, you know, Foreman looked like the better runner, but how good of a rushing team is this team going to be without Derrick Henry? So far, it's been you know mediocre at best, and it's probably going to be matchup dependent. 
this is a good matchup. So if you're if you want to just pick up Foreman as the lead guy, I think you can say he is the lead back in Tennessee right now. And a lot of people had that wrong going after Adrian Peterson. Yeah, look, uh, I'd be willing to go maybe $11, $12, $13 if you need somebody. Because Derrick Henry, we may not see him the rest of the regular season. And you look at the schedule for this team. Uh, you know, again, you got Houston. You got to love that matchup. They're inside the top five most fantasy points allowed to the position. But down the road, Jacksonville in week 14. And in the fantasy Super Bowl in week 17, the Miami Dolphins. Foreman could be that out-of-nowhere guy that you plug it at the flex that could put a trophy under the tree. Number two. All right, marching on, Brandon. Let's work in a quarterback, and it's other than Cam Newton. Everybody's talking about him. Uh, stepped in, got a handful of snaps, uh, threw a touchdown pass uh, inside the five-yard line, ran another one in, screened with a very high-pitched voice, though Cam has a very masculine voice when he speaks. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I don't know if he was doing that for effect or he's just really giddy in the moment, uh, but look good. Against Arizona, uh, his uh, snaps are expected to increase ramp up uh, this week in preparation for him to draw the start uh, for the Carolina Panthers as they host the fighting footballs who, though Tom Brady looked mortal against, strangely so, have still allowed the most fantasy points to quarterback position. So if you've been streaming quarterbacks, maybe you're frustrated with your boy Russell Wilson, is Cam worth an add? It's worth an ad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't break the bank on Cam. Uh, you know, you're trying to force me to say nice things about Cam. I he's still. <laughs> I'm in a runner. two quarterback league. Damn it! I'm going to say all kinds of nice things about Cam because I got him before he blew up. Kind of <laughs> this past week. He's a poor man's what? Uh, Josh Allen or a poor man's Jalen Hurts? Like. I think he's a worse thrower right now than Jalen Hurts, but dang, he's still effective at the goal line. He's a, a parallel Taysom Hill. Yeah, he's a parallel Taysom Hill. I was just basically saying he's kind of like what Tim Tebow was in his NFL heyday at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. And look, I'm interested in Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's ever going to get to be a starter, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So Cam's the same deal. And I think he has a better path to having more snaps than uh, than Taysom Hill does at this point. Well, here's the thing about Cam. I mean, you and I have talked about it. It looks like he was throwing a lead balloon uh, often yeah. and, you know, throw the ball at people's feet a couple of years ago. But, you know, last season with New England, and, you know, and these are numbers are real. I'm just not, you know, pulling out of thin air. Uh, these are tracked at pro football focus. He was QB 13 in just a completion percentage. All right, nothing to scoff just, at there. I got to be honest with you. Like, that just makes me, like, sort of mentally invalidate that stat. <laughs> it, 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 it may, but it also, you might want to go back and see the fact yeah. that he might be better than you think because he did hit Jacoby Myers a ton on some of those quick slants last season. That's why Myers was wide receiver 26 for a large chunk of last year. He was also quarterback four in deep ball completion percentage. Now, uh, that might have been cooked in the, by the books because it, it was a limited sample size. He didn't throw a ton of deep balls except against your Seahawks. You remember that yeah. game where he looked I think like he got classic a lot Cam? Of mileage out of that Seahawk matchup. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh my God, Julian Edelman's going to have the highest A dot ever. <laughs> and then, yeah, then all the wheels came off and all that. Uh, he, you know, disappointed inside the red zone as a thrower, but it didn't matter because he kept calling his own number. He had the most red zone rush attempts of any quarterback in the league last year. And I said this before, there is no player, no matter position, that is more devastating inside the five-yard line than Cam Newton. I mean, you can't stop him. He falls forward. He can sprint outside. 
uh, and score often. So, you know, your odds of him crossing the chalk week in and week out with his legs is significant. Uh, but you're right. You know, there are limitations with his verticality. And as a result, you know, you may be only getting 15 to 17 fantasy points per game out of him. And the schedule down uh, the home stretch, particularly during the fantasy playoffs, at Buffalo, Tampa, at New Orleans. Eh, not the greatest. So don't yeah, you know, be modest with Cam. You know, maybe three to five dollars. See what we can do. But if it's a super flex and nobody picked him up, oh yeah, you're breaking the bank. Number one. All right, let's get in one more here, and it's rah 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 rah. That's right, Ramondre Stevenson. No bad romance uh, for him. And and Brandon, I was a bit shocked at how much work he really got. I I did like him quite a bit. You know, people thought I was uh, just full of hogwash. And pure poppycock, when I said on Twitter, when we got the news that Damian Harris uh, was not going to be clear from concussion protocol, Stevenson was. He didn't practice all week. People were like, oh, you know, Bill going to give him the cold shoulder, right? There's no way he's going to get anywhere remotely close to the lion's share of the opportunity share. Well, guess what? Belichick uh, pulled a fast one on all of us. 24 touches, over 100 combined yards, found the end zone twice, 3.20 yards after contact per attempt. Uh, in week 10, you know, likely going to get Harris back in the short week against the Atlanta Falcons on the road. So knowing how muddy things are and how untrustworthy we all are of Bill Bezelcheck, uh, because he is evil in many ways, hey, you know, what do you think of the rest of the season value for Stevenson? And if he's still available, 32% rostered right now in Yahoo leagues, let's say you're a 10-teamer, 12-teamer with a short bench, got some fab cash to spend, you going 20-plus? Oh yeah, I, look at—he's he's at least a premium of premium handcuffs. New England's running the ball well. Their their main running back is scoring a touchdown every week. Problem is, it's just muddies the waters. Where Damian Harris was a clear leader, like I think Ramondre Stevenson's now earned his way into a sizable split of that of those ball carries. Um, so. I have Damian Harris everywhere. I have Ramondre Stevens as his backup on almost every one. I have like four teams with Harris, and three of those teams have Stevenson. And it was nice when there was a clear delineation between who was the starter and who was the backup. I think now that line is going to get blurred. Um, so you lose you lose some, some value most likely in Damian Harris because I think they are going to play both of them uh, going forward, and that's a, a bit of a bummer, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's 11 to 13 touches per game. Uh, for him, and and I think there is uh, at a minimum some flex appeal this week. In fact, I think he's going to tow the RB two line against Atlanta. Um, you know, it's all going to depend upon who is in the lineup during goal line situations. That's it, and it's going to be rotation. Yeah. So it's anyone's best guess. You know, it could just be one series on, one series off. Who's got the hot hand? Uh, but I think you're going to get consistent eleven to thirteen touches. And as you mentioned, you know, the one thing that's overlooked about New England this is a top ten run blocking line. Uh, they're yeah. number eight in run blocking efficiency according to Pro Football Focus. So, and Mac Jones has been spinning it. Uh, so you got nice balance there. So I got to see a ton of overloaded boxes. Uh, the fantasy playoff schedule for the New England Patriots at Indianapolis—that's not great. Buffalo and then Jacksonville in Week 17. Yeah, Ramondre could gift you a fantasy title here in the end. All right, Brandon, before we wrap this edition up of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast, uh, any other uh, players you want to discuss, any other waiver wire targets, what's on your mind? 
Yeah, well, you know, we brought up Adam Troutman as a tight end ad. We brought up Jamal Agnew as what he's doing for Jacksonville. I put those together and say, look at Dan Arnold still available in three quarters of Yahoo leagues. Wow. He is the leading receiver uh, for this Jacksonville Jaguars team right now. He's their go-to guy. He's been in the 60-yard range three of his last four games. Remember, he got traded there on a Monday and then they had a Thursday game that week, and he was immediately in the action and, and made two really nice catches in that game. And ever since then, he's been off to the races. He also had a two-point conversion there. Would like to see him get into the end zone. Uh, it ha- hasn't happened as a touchdown, but that's the only thing holding him back right now. His yardage at the tight end position is absolutely elite. Yeah, I think it's an absolute uh, great call uh, by uh, your estimation. I mean, Dan Arnold's getting a ton of action underneath, and garbage time is always available for the Jaguars, though they're getting more competitive. They really are. So I got to give credit where credit is due. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please check out Brandon Funson on Twitter, at Brandon Funson. Check me out there, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. And until next time... Adios, amigos!